This episode is brought to you by ShipStation. You know, some things take a lot of work, like sending little robots to far off distant planets. And just as that's challenging, so too is running a successful e-commerce business, especially when there's so much to do. So I want to introduce you all to ShipStation. Now, I love using ShipStation because of its easy-to-use dashboard, which makes managing orders and printing labels a breeze and super smooth. Oh, and the customer service is just out of this world. It's exactly what you need to help grow your business. Sign up for your free 60-day trial at ShipStation.com slash technews. That's ShipStation.com slash technews. Google explains why Gemini overcorrected for diversity. If you're still using Apple iTunes to pay for Netflix, that is ending. And Doom on your robot lawnmower? Maybe. It's Tuesday, February 27th, and this is Engadget News. After promising to fix Gemini's image generation feature and then pausing it altogether, Google has published a blog post offering an explanation for why its technology overcorrected for diversity. The company's senior vice president for knowledge and information explained that Google's efforts to ensure that the chatbot would generate images showing a wide range of people failed to account for cases that should clearly not show a range. Further, its AI model grew to become way more cautious over time and refused to answer prompts that weren't inherently offensive. These two things led the model to overcompensate in some cases and be overconservative in others, leading to images that were embarrassing and wrong. Google made sure that Gemini's image generation could not create violent or sexually explicit images of real persons, and that the photos it whipped up would feature people of various ethnicities and with different characteristics. But if a user asked it to create images of people that are supposed to be of a certain ethnicity or sex, it should be able to do so. As users recently found out, Gemini would refuse to produce results for prompts that specifically requested white people. Gemini also has issues producing historically accurate images, When users requested images of German soldiers during the Second World War, Gemini generated images of black men and Asian women wearing Nazi uniforms. Upon asking it to make its images of the Pope historically accurate, it refused to generate any result. The blog post said Google did not intend for Gemini to refuse to create images of any particular group or to generate photos that were historically inaccurate. He also reiterated Google's promise that it will work on improving Gemini's image generation. That entails extensive testing, so it may take some time before the company switches the feature back on. At the moment, if a user tries to get Gemini to create an image, the chatbot responds with, We are working to improve Gemini's ability to generate images of people. We expect this feature to return soon and will notify you in release updates when it does. Those who've been paying their Netflix bill through iTunes over the past years will soon have to say goodbye to their lower discounted rates. The company has confirmed to The Verge that it has started removing users' access to their iTunes billing plan for the streaming service, 
and will now have to pay the company directly using a credit or a debit card. Netflix stopped letting new customers sign up for in-app subscriptions on Apple devices back in 2018 to avoid giving Apple a commission. It allowed those who've already been paying through Apple to keep their payment preference, though. And at least one person said they were still enjoying the service's $10 a month price until they got booted off their grandfathered pricing. The company killed its $10 basic plan in the U.S. and the U.K. last year, which used to be its cheapest ad-free option in the regions. After a price increase a few months following that event, new customers have had to pay at least $15.49 to get a viewing experience that's not interrupted by ads. The ad-supported option now sets them back $7 a month, while the premium tier that comes with support for four devices and Ultra HD now costs subscribers $23. Customers who used to pay through iTunes will now have to pay these prices. That is, if you still want to keep your subscriptions active. Now, come on. Did you think you've heard the last of Doom running on random stuff? Well, think again. Landscaping technology company Husqvarna just announced that the game will run on some of its robot lawnmowers. So you can mow down Hellspawn just ahead of mowing down errant blades of grass. Here's the deal. It will only be available on the company's automower Nera robotic lawnmower models beginning this April. Once downloaded, you play the game via the lawnmower's onboard display. Rotating the control knob turns Doom Guy left and right, and pressing the knob makes you shoot. Holding down the start button initiates forward movement. It's Doom, you know the drill. There are some caveats here, though. First of all, you have to sign up to download the software by September 9th. And alas, it will not be available for U.S. residents, despite Husqvarna making a concerted effort to sell more robot lawnmowers in the U.S. Finally, this is just the game running on the onboard display. It's not as if the mower turns your yard into an actual level with unwanted greenery representing demonic enemies. And still, it's always nice to see Doom continue to do its thing. The idea to make the shooter available to lawnmower enthusiasts came after a successful test run at the gaming event DreamHack Winter 2023, which was held in Sweden last December. This is just the latest example of Doom popping up where it shouldn't. We've seen it running on pregnancy tests, uh, rat brain neurons, and even inside of other games like the sequel Doom 2 and Minecraft. Most recently, Doom was spotted running on actual gut bacteria with a frame rate so atrocious it would take eh, 600 years to reach the ending. Thanks for listening. There's more to these stories and additional articles at Engadget.com. This episode featured journalism by Engadget contributors Mariella Moon and Lawrence Bonk and was produced by Spoken Layer. Enjoy your day. I'll be back tomorrow with more tech news from Engadget. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. Our show features our team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. And they'll help you make the most of your money while cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. 
You'll get clarity on strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. Listen to NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.